1: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Shout out to everybody that tuned into DNVR Rams live this morning. If you missed that, you can go check that out on the DNVR Sports YouTube. Or, of course, the audio is right here in the podcast feed where you are getting this pod. Uh, We're going to dive further into that win over San Diego State for CSU football, keeping bowl eligibility on the line talk a little bit about the rushing attack and how big that was. Before that, I'm actually going to get into some more takeaways from Friday night. CSU men's basketball with a dominant victory over Wright State. So much to like about that one, including a historic night from Isaiah Stevens. Man, that team looked good for how many new pieces they have. Before we get into all that, though, I did want to shout out Trey McBride. Of course, our guy, former DNVR athlete, CSU legend. Trey became the first Cardinals tight end since 1989, which sounds insane, but it's true. First Cardinals tight end since 1989 to finish with 100 or more receiving yards in a single game. He's breaking out in a major way for the Cardinals. Had nine targets today, eight receptions, 131 yards. Averaged 16.4 yards per reception. Had multiple big catches, including one to set up a game-winning score in a big win for the Cardinals over Atlanta. Arizona's not a good team. That's probably the worst roster in the NFL top to bottom, but they play hard. They really do play hard, and it's clear that that coaching change made a major difference within that organization. They're a lot of fun to watch, and it's just been really cool to see this ascension with Trey. I talked about it a couple weeks back. You could see that slowly but surely his targets were increasing. About two months ago, only got three targets in a loss to Cincinnati. Then he got five the week after that, six against Seattle, really starting to to make a difference. Then all of a sudden gets 14 targets three weeks ago in the game against Baltimore, 10 catches for 95 yards. And Tutty this week really breaks out again, 131 receiving yards. Just so awesome to see. I mean, we all knew that this was the guy that Trey McBride would be in the NFL. There was nothing about his game that made me worried about it translating. Going back to his time at CSU, he just he was always open. He's not the fastest guy in the world, not necessarily the most explosive guy in the world, but he just busts his ass and his hand eye is phenomenal. He's got really sick hands for a tight end. Always gets open, always plays hard. And it's just so cool to see him, you know, finally getting that moment. It takes a while for tight ends at at the next level. I talked about that even when he got drafted, that you shouldn't be discouraged. If it takes a year or two or three, we've seen it so many times. Even with guys like Travis Kelsey, they don't break out as rookies. It takes a while to adjust to the speed of NFL secondaries, to the physicality of the linebackers and the defensive line, who you're going to have to block at times as a tight end. Obviously, NFL offenses tend to be a lot more complex than, than at the collegiate level. There's just a lot on your plate. I'm telling you, though, now that Trey has his feet underneath him, now that the organization can see the type of beast that he is on game day, he just always performs when the lights are brightest, and it puts so much faith in a a pass catcher for a quarterback, you could see Kyler Murray's just looking for him repeatedly. Obviously, I'm biased. He's my guy. I got to know him really well while he was at CSU. I have a lot of love for the McBride family as a whole. They're just great people beyond the fact that Toby and Trey were stellar football players that represented CSU so well during some really tough times, they could have dipped, they stuck by CSU. I'm biased. I always will be. But I genuinely believe, and this is me you know, taking the Ram glasses off, putting my love for him individually aside, and just looking at it from a football analyst perspective, I really think we're about two years away from Trey being in that conversation as one of the top You know, two or three tight ends in all football. And honestly, that's me putting it mildly with tempered expectations because I think raw talent-wise with how hard he plays, he can be the best in the world. In terms of whether he'll get that credit or not, probably going to need some more team success. It helps when you're a player like Travis Kelsey or Gronkowski who not only make the plays but are on a winning team. Regardless, though, whether he's actually given that title or not, it's all subjective it's extremely evident that Trey is going to not only hang in the NFL, be a guy that can stay on a roster, but be a significant contributor in a major way. And if the Cardinals are smart, they'll continue to build around that, especially if they're going to continue building with Kyler Murray, a guy who loves to create out of structure, who loves to scramble around and make plays. Having someone like Trey who just has a feel for the, the field around him and always seems to get open... It is really huge. Anyways, shout out Trey McBride. You know we've got nothing but love for him here in Rams country. We're going to get into those right State takeaways on the hoop side, then we're going to talk more CSU football. I guess just real, real quick, and I mean rapidly, a little bit surprised that Boise State football fired Andy Avalos this weekend. They're coming off of a four-score win over New Mexico. I guess initially I was surprised by the timing just because they've got to win at least one of the next two to make a bowl game. Going 6 and 6 is not exactly the Boise State standard. Maybe they're just saying to hell with that. We don't really care either way on that. But I think more than anything, the more that I've I've thought about the situation, it does make sense with the timing, just with the way that the early signing period works now and the fact that the the transfer portal window opens when you fire a coach. If you can make this move, and hire somebody, especially before the end of the regular season, you're giving yourself such an advantage in terms of hitting the ground, running, with building that recruiting class, with trying to retain some of the talent. If you wait till after the year, everything happens so rapidly. And this is just my personal opinion as far as this part goes. I feel like when you do it at the end of the season, because that window to transfer is so small, guys... Are gonna make more rash decisions because they feel like the pressure is is closing in. If you do it now, yeah, some guys are gonna hop in the portal and you're gonna lose some of them. You were gonna lose some of them either way. But if you can bring in a coach early, have some time to establish a relationship, you have a better chance of of keeping some of these guys, like Ashton Gienti, for instance, who's obviously gonna have a ton of P5 interests, their best receiver. Eric McAllister's already left the program. He's in the portal. But basically what I'm saying here is with the changes we've seen to the recruiting process and the recruiting calendar as a whole over these last three, four years, it's going to lead to more and more of these in-season firings decisions where ADs look at it and decide this season is basically a lost cause regardless of whether we we sneak out a bowl or not. We have to get a jumpstart on what we're doing moving forward. And if you don't, while you may be able to salvage a couple of more wins this year, you're putting yourself at a pretty major disadvantage in terms of that next staff and just getting the ground running. So that's my two takes on it. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in. My gut would be Kirby Moore, younger brother of Kellen Moore, currently the OC at Missouri. He had spent time at Fresno State. That Missouri offense is rolling. It makes a lot of sense. Boise is a program that, basically exclusively hires with guys that are tied to the program, though maybe they switch it up this time because it didn't really work out with Avalos. All right, let's move on. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We've got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Sunday night game, kind of a, a boring stinker, but maybe you feel like the Broncos are going to keep that momentum rolling. Buffalo's been really Jekyll and Hyde at, at times this year. Maybe you think the Broncos cover that cover that spread. We'll have to see. Whatever you're in on, DraftKings has a little bit of something for you. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777. Or just visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be twenty-one or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftKings.com slash football terms. Of course, after you make a little bread, you might be wanting to eat a little bread. And nobody does it better than our friends over at Hero Bread. Hero Bread has all the taste and texture. It's soft and fluffy of uh, you know, the, the normal bread you've experienced throughout your life. But what's awesome about Hero is it's high fiber, ultra low in carbs, zero grams of sugar per slice. And, you know, they've got a little something for everyone. If you're looking for tortillas, for buns, they've got it all. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co, use our code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O oco C-O to save 10% today. All right, all right, all right. It sounds a little cooler when I'm sick, huh? yeah. <laughs> The victory over Wright State for CSC Men's basketball on Friday was big time 105 to 77. The Rams just absolutely buried them in the second half. This was a three-point game at the half and Wright State, they've got they've got some dudes. You can see they have some high-level scorers. They're projected to make some noise in the horizon and it makes sense. Trey Calvin, good god. It felt like he couldn't miss a shot for the first 25 minutes. He had 33 points, 12 of 21 from the floor. Uh, Tanner Holden also had 16. Brad Noel, those are three guys that could play at any mid-major in the country. And Calvin especially, he had us sweating it out a little bit with his shot making. The guy just couldn't miss. You got to credit the the Rams defensively for adjusting down the stretch. They started switching some things a little bit differently. I, I thought Josiah Strong, especially what was awesome with his on-ball defense and made a really big difference as that game went on. But the story in this one was definitely offense. Anytime you go over the century mark, that's significant. 105 points. That's big time. CSU had 37 assists as a team on only 42 made field goals. So they had five baskets all night that did not come off of an assist. And that is just insane. That's a coach's dream. You don't even do shit like that on a video game. Excuse my language there. The offense... It has just really impressed me, and I wondered what would the chemistry be like early on just because there's so many new guys. Obviously, they've been practicing for a couple months now, but it's way different when you're going up against actual competition under the lights when there's fans in the stands. I think what's been really evident over this first week is, one, this team is extremely athletic, top to bottom, so much deeper than we've seen these last couple years, I mean, obviously, the the year with Roddy was awesome, but especially deeper than last year. And on top of that, this is a really high IQ group. This is a team that has players that are very experienced, a lot of them at other programs. But, I mean, a lot of these guys spent multiple years, and it's huge. You can just see how natural the game comes to them out there. They're not in their heads like freshmen they're not playing hero ball, trying to jack up shots to prove themselves, which is something you see from younger guys all the time. They're just going out there, executing the offense. The ball movement is stellar. To have 37 assists and only nine turnovers is just insanity because naturally you're going to have some turnovers if you're moving the ball that much. You get a, a tipped ball just a, a little bit off on the timing of a pass. Like It's going to happen. It's kind of like... In football, if you throw 50 times a game, you're probably going to have more interceptions than if you're a team that only throws 25 times a game. Statistically, that adds up. But I just, I can't say enough about how good this offense looks in the first week of the season. And yeah, you're going to play tougher, stiffer competition as, as the season goes on. But it's not like Louisiana Tech and Wright State are opening up against, you know, I don't know if you're playing like a D2 team or something like that, which you see plenty of programs do. These these are legit programs that'll be factors within their respective leagues. And there just have been times, there've been stretches in these games where it's felt like when the Rams want to put it on you with how unselfish they are, with how versatile they are, they can score on you from all levels on the floor. And a big part of that is Isaiah Stevens running the show. Maybe the best game of his career. I mean. Maybe not the flashiest. Like I think back to the, the game-winning shot in UNLV and some of those big moments. He's had plenty of those over the years, A game-winning shot against Tulsa. In Nevada as well, he's Mr. Clutch. But he, he just is so damn skilled. And his growth offensively, he's always been a heady player, but his growth offensively is remarkable. He can run the floor like John Stockton in his prime, just dishing out dimes. He can take you one-on-one iso and and hit a jumper in your face like Jamal Murray. He's nasty in the mid-range like CP3. He he scores in traffic in the paint. You you can't bully him that way. And he just... He's smarter than you. He's two steps ahead of you. He's more skilled than you. It's so much fun to watch. And it was really fitting that he made history in this one. He broke his own single-game record for assists in a game 14 He had 12 in the first half. It felt like at one point he was going to to go for 20. Fortunately, because the rotation played so well, he was actually able to to sit out for close to six minutes there, which I talked about on the pod the other day. Really key moment. Isaiah goes out. I think they're up 11 or 12. You're hoping they're just able to maintain the lead, and by the time he comes back in, it's a 22-point game. It was just a great indication of the depth of this roster the offense has been free-flowing. They're attacking in transition, which is really great to see. Defense is is leading to offense. I mean, they're just, they're kind of doing it all right now. And for a team with this many new pieces, it's pretty dang encouraging. The bench had 26 points. Uh, the Rams outscored Wright State in the paint, 46 to 26. They outscored them in the fast break, 28 to 3. A large part of that was because they rebounded much better on Friday night than they did on Monday. Uh, they won the, Rebounding battle, 31-27. to Neat Clifford and Joel Scott, much more active on the glass. Unsurprising. They're really athletic. Both those guys each finish one rebound shy of finishing with a double-double. Could have had three guys finish with a double-double in this one. But they did have five guys finish in double-digit scoring figures. Joel Scott had 17. Stevens leads the way with 22. 19 more for Clifford, who just is everything I thought he would be. I think it's hilarious that I've gotten pushback from Buffs fans for pointing out that he is being maximized in this offensive system in a way he never was in Boulder. And they just want to oversimplify. Oh, he he didn't hit shots. Did you watch that offense last year? God, it was frustrating. De Silva's a stud, but they just did nothing to maximize each other. And at CSU, he's not going to have to do too much. You know, just take advantage of the catch-and-shoot opportunities. Play good D get steals, attack the hoop in transition, cut when there's an opportunity, and you're going to get the ball. And we saw that happen like four times in this game. Just wide open backdoor cut, feed him, easy bucket all day long. And if he keeps hitting threes like this, he was uh, three of five from deep in this one. If he keeps hitting these threes, he's going to be in the mix for all-conference recognition. I genuinely think Nick Clifford is going to be one of the most important transfer additions in all of the Mountain West. And that's not because I'm I'm trying to say that like Joel Scott's not also great. He's he's going to be just as important. Don't get me wrong here. I just I am really high on Neat Clifford, and he could have been a Ram out of high school. He is now. It's really cool to see how much support he has. He's got a lot of fans, uh, a lot of family that attends the games, which is really really neat. But I'm, I'm just really excited on these transfer additions. I'm excited about the ball movement. I'm excited about how they're attacking in transition. I'm excited about how athletic they are. I think they're doing a good job of getting back on defense as well, which is not something that teams always do when they are as you know proficient uh, offensively as CSU is. It was just a really encouraging game, and we'll see if the Rams can build off of it with a deceptively tough game on the road Tuesday night in Greeley. UNC is always up for that matchup. They love playing spoilers, and they've looked—they've certainly looked tough. I'm—I've got a lot of respect for Steve Miley as a coach and the program he runs up there. Big, big game. But if you can get that win, move to three and zero, really setting yourself up nicely here as we ultimately get towards those Pac-12 games, the matchups uh, with St. Mary's and you know potentially Creighton. They got Boston College on Thanksgiving week. It's—it's going to be fun. A lot of big time games here to start the year and. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You've got to credit Nico Medved and this staff for not scheduling down, for not being scared of the moment. You're coming off of a down year. They go out and schedule arguably the the best non-con in the league. It's them or San Diego State. I was really disappointed with what New Mexico did. Honestly, Nevada didn't schedule up either. They beat Washington on the road pretty, pretty handedly this evening, so that's a team to keep an eye on. But not a not a ton of opportunities for quality non-con wins on those slates. CSU and San Diego State really helping the league out as a whole from a metric standpoint, but also just making their case in terms of the, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. It's just one of those situations where they see right through it when you try to schedule a bunch of easy wins. And I'm, I'm glad they do do it. You, you shouldn't reward teams for trying to juke the system. All right, moving on. Our next partner, AG1, is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day. If I had not been taking my AG1, I probably would have dropped dead this last week with this nasty cough. What's awesome about AG1 is it's a comprehensive solution, a great way to get all of the vitamins and, and nutrients that your body needs. It's good for your immune system, your your gut health, your overall energy level aging. I mean, it really is good for everything and it's super easy. You take it in the morning, you put in eight to 12 ounces, just one scoop and eight to 12 ounces of cold water. Bang, boom, drink it. You're out the door and you're feeling good. It's just a great way to set yourself up for success every single day with a good habit. AG1 can replace your multivitamin, your probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit. It's a science driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It's a great way to
0: build your health,
1: which starts with a healthy foundation, which makes a lot of sense. Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally could not be easier. And that's why I trust AG1. Just with one scoop in your water, drink it, boom, bang, you're done. It costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good, if you ask me, especially considering. Uh, what people spend on coffee out there. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com rams. That's drinkag1.com rams. Check it out. Finally, while you do want to make good, healthy choices, life is all about balance, right? And every now and then, you just need a cold one. You need a cold one. It's been a long day. Maybe you want to flip the game on. Nothing hits better than an ice cold Breck brew. Got the Broncos on tomorrow night, Monday night football. Grab yourself some Broncos country ale. It's really, really awesome. They revamped the recipe a while back. I'm a big fan. Also love Fun Slinger. Can't go wrong. Of course, with Mountain Beach, if you want a little taste of summer, even in the winter months, check out the Breck beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, so I already broke this game down this morning on DNVR Rams Live. Again, you can check that out on the DNVR Sports YouTube. I did want to dive further into a couple of things, um, starting with the offensive line, which was just stellar. Braden Fowler-Nicolosi faced very little pressure in this one. No official QB hurries in the stat book. I mean, there were a couple, but zero sacks allowed. The Rams averaged 4.2 yards per carry, which was awesome and they finished with 183 rushing yards as a team. That's the second most of the Norvell era. They rushed for 209 against Hawaii in 2021. CSU now 3 and 0 under Jay Norvell when the team rushes for 100 or 50 or more yards. But yeah, the 10 first downs rushing the ball was also the most of the Norvell era and it was huge. You know, I don't I don't want to get on him too much, but as I said on DNVR Rams live. Braden missed some throws in this one, especially early on on third down. I think there were three instances in which he just kind of skied a ball. It's going to happen. He's a young quarterback. As I already said, he's got all the arm talent in the world. You just want to see him rein it in a little bit. And while this wasn't his best performance of the season, I do think, especially in that second half, when you have a double digit lead and you're just trying to manage the game, I loved his decision making. I don't think he tried to do too much. Did a nice job of getting the ball to playmakers in a couple of crucial third-down situations. Third down, the Rams were night and day from the week before, 9-17 on third down. Didn't convert a single third-down attempt in that loss to Wyoming. Sometimes football is pretty simple. I don't know. I just, I really thought this was a great win from a mentality perspective. Guys didn't try and do too much. Young quarterback didn't get rattled. He put the football in the right spot. And obviously... Getting that ground game going was really, really encouraging. It's something that they're going to be able to need to do if they want to have any opportunity here of reaching the postseason. But I also just want to emphasize one more time that I don't think it was as simple as, well, they should have just been starting Justin Marshall all season. First of all, he's a freshman that got here in August. You've got to learn the entire system and not just know the plays, but actually have chemistry with the teammates to run them out there. You've got to know your reads. They've got to be able to trust you in pass protection, which is the, the biggest hurdle for most young running backs to to getting on the field is being able to be, you know, not a liability in that arena. But I'm I'm not going to get too far into the weeds there. I've already made it very clear how I feel. I've talked to coaches about this, like, I think Madden has just oversimplified things for people. They think it's just plug and play. He's fast, so why is he not out on the field? He is fast, and he looks really fluid out there. Man, did he look solid and and natural out there with the, the quick cuts and then the burst was really, really encouraging to see. It's just something the Rams have been lacking, which is basically because of injuries. They've just been beaten up all over throughout the season. Uh, Really encouraging that Justin Marshall was able to have this awesome debut, though. He was my CSU player of the game on DNVR Rams Live, and you could really feel the the offense flip when he came in on that fifth series, just immediately three carries for 50 yards. Hopefully you're able to to build more off of that because you've got some deceptively tricky matchups coming up here, and I think if you can take some of the pressure off of your young quarterback not have him feel like he has to be Superman out there in a do or die scenario. That's going to be really important for the team down the stretch. Uh, also big for keeping the sticks moving. Like I said, 10 first downs on the ground. That is the most of the Norvell era. Uh, 427 total yards. That's the second most the Rams have had against an FBS team this fall. They did have 499 against CU in that 2 OT loss. And 578 against Utah Tech of the FCS. Rams are 3-1 when they record 400 or more yards of offense this season, moving the ball, scoring points. Like Jay said, after Wyoming, that's, that's the difference between winning and losing this year. If they score points, they're going to be in a good spot, it, especially with how the defense has played down the stretch. If they don't, it's going to be tough. Along with running the ball effectively, I felt like CSU was great against the run, Gave up a couple of carries here and there. That's going to happen, especially against a team like San Diego State, very similarly to UNLV. They've got three different backs they can throw at you. That's going to wear down a defense as the game goes on if they stay committed to it. We definitely saw some of that. As the the game progressed, Rams ultimately gave up the final 16 points of the night. Still able to hold on. I felt like they did a good job of putting Jalen Maiden in a spot where He was consistently in second and third and long and having to make plays with his arm. They didn't let him kill them on the ground, did have the one rushing touchdown, which was a great play by him. He's a sick athlete. But if you can hold San Diego State to under 150 rushing yards, very often you're going to be in a good spot to win, especially in a game like this where you're running the ball and kind of controlling some things yourself there. I felt like this was a game that was very similar to UNLV where Definitely a lot of missed opportunities. A lot to like, though, as well. Guys are playing hard. In the end, though, they're able to to pull it out and keep their their postseason hopes alive, which has always been the goal from the start of the year. It all comes down to these final two weeks. You can never discount the hatred of Nevada and wanting to play spoilers against Jay Norvell. Certainly, would love nothing more than to prevent him from going to a bowl game. You know, after everything that Wilson said last year, kind of spouting his mouth off, talking trash about Norvell. You know that Norvell wants to be him as well. And if he does, could very well be the final nail in his coffin. I think there's going to be a lot of coaching changes in the league this year. Danny Gonzalez is probably done at New Mexico. You never know what's going to happen with UNLV. They're successful, but maybe Barry Odom gets poached. I hope not for their sake. That would be a bit of a bummer, but the more they continue to win, and man, they thumped Wyoming on Friday. You never know. Um, and then obviously, going to the island is always wonky. Timmy Chang's got this team playing hard. Uh, they they really kicked Air Force's ass. They they, I mean, Air Force has looked like a shell of themselves these last couple of weeks. All of a sudden, they've got turnover problems and discipline issues with penalties. It's it's really weird. They always had this stretch where the season falls apart. For some reason, it's never against CSU. <laughs> but the, uh, the race for the Mountain West Championship just got very, very interesting because we've still got Air Force UNLV this weekend. Uh, Air Force has to go to Boise State. They could go from being a top 25 team looking like they could run the table to potentially being a three or four loss team that doesn't even make the title game. Boise State, weirdly enough, with some tiebreakers, if they got enough losses they could get in. Um, it's it's going to be fun. But I, I would guess that UNLV or maybe San Jose State, who plays UNLV as well, could be the uh, the team to keep an eye on because those Spartans are red hot. But, yeah, that's all I've got on this one. Big, big win for CSU. I know that it wasn't the prettiest, but at the end of the day, this is a team that's had your number for the better part of the last 15 years. They'd won ton, 10 of 12 coming in. Uh, they had, against CSU, I should say, uh, six of those were by two or more scores. And this is this is how you turn a program around, is getting over those, those humps. And hopefully next year, the, the hump they get over is Wyoming. But I do believe they're heading in the right direction. Two massive games to define your season. Let's see what this team is made of. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. I hope everybody has had a good weekend. Hope everybody feels better than I do. Man, this has been a brutal couple of days here, but lots of exciting hoops coming up, lots of exciting football. It's just awesome to have these final two weeks matter. I mean, it's really genuinely been like six years since that was the case. Much love, y'all. Always proud to be. Peace.
0: I got blood on my shirt Like I wear my heart On my sleeve She said I look good in red But that went straight To my head So now she's rocking my teeth, Tucked into new prodigies And we ain't spoken a month But I just saw her last week The lipstick stain Still on my cheek Like we ain't talking enough And we always seem to laugh But never nodded us So the future's looking grim It's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love That'd be too obvious See this is more about lust And all of my misconceptions And this is more about me And all of my self-deception I'll tell myself lie 100 times don't need corrections but every night i pray to god i hope i learn my lesson and the peaches out from palisade and they sweet as mama's marmalade and this should sound like summer days the windows down on harmony the family band sing harmonies my daddy played the drums and my mama slapped that bass and my sister sang these songs